God of salvation. In the river Jordan, you bathed your son Jesus in glory and revealed him as your obedient servant. In spirit and in power, tear the heavens and come down to us. Strengthen us to acknowledge your Christ, that we who are reborn in his likeness may walk with him in the paths of obedience. Grant this through Jesus Christ, your word made flesh, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. In the passage that follows, Isaiah teaches us that God invites his people into a covenant relationship. In his love for us, God will feed and nourish us. Reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, thus says the Lord, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen, so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked person forsake their way and the, righteous person their, and the unrighteous person their thoughts. Let that person return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the one who eats. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the passage that follows from the first letter of John, we are told that all who believe in Christ Jesus have the power within us to overcome the evil in the world. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God 
when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not with, the, with water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his Son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. Listen to this reading. It comes from the Gospel according to Mark. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In his preaching, he proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw the heavens ripped apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. We stand with our ancestors in the Christian faith. We stand as witnesses and participants in the story of the baptism of Jesus by John in the Jordan River. There, around the Jordan, we encounter some of the disciples of John, followers who believe that he is the Messiah the anointed one of God. It's important for us who believe in Jesus that we hear John say to him, 
I'm not even worthy to loosen the strap of his sandals. The one who is coming after me is greater than I am. The one coming after me is the Messiah, the anointed one of God. The story of the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan is a story that helps us to understand just who this Jesus is. We hear the voice of God coming from the heavens. We hear the voice of God say of Jesus, you, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. If he says that of Yeshua from Nazareth, he says that to us. You are my beloved. In you, I am well pleased. Perhaps to put it all succinctly, why this had to happen, why this is placed in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is immersed in the Jordan River to have a full share in our humanity. And Jesus is also filled with the Spirit and passes that Spirit on to us so that we can be immersed in his divinity. Jesus human, Jesus divine. A few months ago, some of the guys at Minute Prayer recommended the book of God. It's the Bible written as a novel by Walter Wangerin. I picked up a copy and find it to be stimulating challenging, insightful, an interpretation that helps me to enter more deeply into the mystery of Jesus. Please take a minute and get comfortable. I want you to hear Walter Wangren's interpretation of the gospel story we've heard today from Mark's gospel. Jim? Try to stay awake, you Zoomers. In the midst of the multitudes that came daily to the Jordan for baptism, there appeared one figure separated from the rest. John turned and saw the man standing upriver among the reeds, waiting. 
Reflected sunlight played upward from the water on his face, trilling the flesh below his eyebrows and cheekbones, below his nose and chin. He had amber eyes, gazing directly at John. He was clean-shaven, like a Roman, or it occurred to John like one of the prophets, mournful for the future, for they would shave their beards. Amber eyes. John recognized those golden corneas, polished, laconic, and nearly translucent. No one else had such a fathomless gaze. This must be the cousin John had not seen since the Passover when his father had died. Eighteen years ago, eighteen years, and still those eyes that had lit its rich regard. This was one of whom his mother had said once, He is my Lord. The man among the reeds lifted his hand in greeting. John nodded. Jesus then. This was Jesus. Jesus began to wade downriver to the deeper water where John was standing. When they stood face to face, John saw copper flecks in the iris of his cousin's eye. Jesus said, John, baptize me. For a moment, John hesitated. John, said Jesus, baptize me. Without waiting for an ascent, he closed his eyes, sank down, and slipped under the water. His long hair lingered on the surface for a short while. Then it, too, was pulled down into the darkness and disappeared. These were swift, breathless events for John. So much raced through his mind, his family, his past, his fierce convictions, the future of his people Israel. The day and the weather and all events now tightened down to one small focus, this air, this round patch of river, flat and calm in the sunlight, and this sudden preternatural silence. Time seemed to collapse, and when John came to himself, he could not remember how long Jesus had been lying on the riverbed. In a quick panic, he slapped the water with the flat of his hand and cried, Child of the light and kingdom to come, rise up. (laughs) There was a continued shining silence. Then Jesus, like a great fish, heaved from the water, and immediately the heavens above them split asunder, and there flew down a dove, a white dove, a blinding white dove, which alighted on the shoulder of Jesus, white fire beside his face. And in that same instant, a voice broke from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately, Jesus began to move from John toward the eastern shore of the river. His expression was intense but unreadable. His manner seemed so nearly wolfish, like a predator following an invisible scent, that the people on land backed away and made a path for him. Jesus was withdrawing from the public and with some fierce purpose. And then John saw that the white dove was flying in spirals ahead of Jesus, leading the way. Oh, that was no common dove. That was none other than the Holy Spirit, who had brooded over the wild waters of creation, and then again the waters of the flood. John folded his huge hands at his throat and whispered, You, Jesus... Greater than me, your life shall be more terrible than mine. 
Wherever the Holy Spirit is driving you now, God help you there. God help you, cousin. I appreciate Wanigan puts flesh on the bones of the story from Mark's gospel. I appreciate that he draws our attention to the eyes of Jesus. I think it's kind of funny that John sort of lost track and almost let Jesus drown. And I appreciate that this storyteller talks about this amazing dove that flutters above the head of Jesus that lands on his shoulders and then leads him. In this interpretation, John the Baptist recognizes that this is indeed, this dove is the Spirit of God who hovered above the water in the Genesis story of creation. This dove is the dove who helped Noah to know that the flood is over. Life can go on. In his interpretation of the story, Eugene Peterson talks about baptism as being baptism into a changed life. It's all about the power of Jesus and the word of Jesus and the spirit of Jesus to change our lives. And if baptism doesn't do that, if our participation in baptisms here at the church doesn't have an effect on us that changes our lives and enables us to embrace the values of Jesus. In baptism, we hear Jesus embracing us and whispering, live my life. Live my life. We need only to look at the videos of what happened at the Capitol on Wednesday to see what it's like when you and I, when we fail to change and live the life of Jesus, when we ignore his call to live his life, when we let baptism have no power within us and over us. If we don't accept the values of Jesus and take his values into our hearts, then we are rude, destructive, disrespectful, violent, and uncivil incapable of living together in harmony. Watching the carnage on Wednesday, listening to the violent rhetoric 
left so many of us feeling heartsick at what we've become. In, in the midst of it all, I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want us to do? The answer came clear as a bell. Be healers. That's what the Lord calls us to do in this situation. Be healers. I'm not sure exactly what that demands of us, to be healers. I know that it involves listening intently to the gospel of Jesus and forming our lives according to his teachings. In and through our baptism, we are committed to cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Cooperating with the Holy Spirit to change our outlook, change our lives, to change our world. I recognize that the Lord is calling us to shake off rudeness, selfishness, and violence which was revealed so horribly on Wednesday and to seek to be clothed in the civility that is demanded by the Holy Spirit. My beloved sisters and brothers in the Lord, join me in committing ourselves to the life-changing power of the Spirit. And join me in embracing the challenge of Yeshua of Nazareth. Live my life. Live my life. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.